Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Edge on a Friday here on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel with Drew Densick, lead betting analyst with NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman, and super excited for the weekend. A lot to get to coming up on today's show. Betting analyst Sam Panianovic. You may know him as CMEP. He's coming on to handicap week 11 in the NFL, including the huge matchup between the Cowboys and Chiefs. And it's Friday. You know what that means. It's actually Thor's Day. Thor Nystrom coming on with his best value plays in college football using his adjusted Thor line. And of course, stay with us to hear our edge of the day. We have that and so much more coming up here on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. Drew, getting ready for the weekend and super excited about this, but probably not as excited as some betters that placed wagers on favorites yesterday. This is wild. Hear me out. Favorites went 17-1 and against the number in the NHL, NFL, NBA, and college football last night. Actually, on the NHL slate, every single favorite won against the spread. If you put a $100 parlay, which I don't know a lot of people that are doing that, on 11 team favorites in the NHL, you would have won close to 25K. Ridiculous. NBA came home. Obviously, the NFL came home with the favorite Patriots covering the six and a half. Pretty wild for Thursday night. Yeah, it was. And uh, honestly, I looked at the rundown and uh, I saw who's on the show and I was like, favorite day in sports betting? Yes, we get to talk to my guy, Sammy, one of the coolest guys in the industry. And uh, of course, Thor's breakdowns of college football, which have been so, so, so good. So yes, this is going to be one of my favorite days, not just of the week, but uh, of the month, I would say. Yeah, this is amazing. And just getting to look at all of the action we're going to talk about, and we'll get to the NBA later. But I want to start. Yesterday, we did Blitzing the Board with you, myself, and Warren Sharp on Peacock Now or on YouTube. You can find that on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. We broke down every game, and we go through them quickly. But here's one that stands out. We haven't broke down on Bet the Edge here. And it's the Ravens now laying four and a half against the Bears in Chicago. Totals at 44. This number has come down. We did see Baltimore at six. Obviously, some concern over Lamar Jackson. That's kind of pushed this number. But I'm curious to hear your handicap and where you lean on this game number. Yeah, the uh, the news about Lamar Jackson obviously controls almost this entire handicap. I will note, though, that over the years, Lamar has taken some sick days, and it hasn't really impacted his performance on Sunday. So I think he'll be out there. I think he'll be fine. And he is the most important player on the field, not just for this team in this game, but across the entire NFL in terms of his value over replacement. That said, this is a beautiful matchup that I really think boils down to how Wink Martindale coordinates the defense against the Chicago Bears offense that has 
wildly struggled, not just in pass protection, but specifically against the blitz. Talk about like an absolute nightmare matchup. Baltimore runs some of the most exotic blitzes in the NFL. And Justin Fields, although he has shown promise this season, his statistical profile under pressure, particularly when blitzed, is among the most poor we've ever seen. Not just this year, but of any year in the NFL. Uh, he really does have a tendency to kind of lose control of what the, you know, how the play is breaking down in the moment when you can get some interesting and exotic pressure on him. So I think Wink Martindale is probably licking his chops for this particular game. And while the Baltimore Ravens defense has not impressed at all this season, uh, I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to get right. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a lot of the lessons that they learned from watching the tape from the Browns game against the Bears, as well as the Bucks game against the Bears, implement a lot of that same scheme, a lot of those same ideas, and really make this a long day for, for Justin Fields in Chicago. So I laid the points with the Ravens. Talk about uh, continuing on our little trend here. My favorite, favorite of the week. I'm going to have to agree with you on this. The minus four and a half, fair price, especially because to your point, I think Lamar goes and we're going to see this number shoot back up close to six, maybe even six and a half come Sunday. I will lay it here with the Ravens and hope not only the Blitzes scare Justin Fields, but their defense is able to keep it together and have a big performance against a lackluster offense coming from the Chicago Bears. All right. There are two great things coming up this week. One, the weekend, and two, a chance to win $170,000 over the weekend by using NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, including $100,000 on Sunday night seven by predicting what will happen between the Steelers and Chargers. And starting after Thanksgiving, $1 million is going to be up for grabs every Sunday night. And that contest is live right now. So be sure to download today from the App Store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Drew, you said it, your good friend, my good friend, excited to have Monsan Panjanovic coming on to help us break down the NFL slate for week 11. Sammy P, I've missed you. I love the hat. That's incredible. But we bring you on to really help us talk about week 11 and the game that I think we're all most pumped and looking forward to watching has to be the Chiefs playing the Cowboys right now, Chiefs laying two and a half. I have not placed a wager on this game and I don't think I will. I love it. I can't wait to watch it but I don't have a read on where the edge is. So curious to get your thoughts and, and how you see this one playing out. Sure. Well, I was just feeding the fishes back there and we were all talking about this Kansas city defense, you know, for all the talk about Mahomes and the offense and almost 500 passing yards and all those touchdowns, we get lost in the conversation when we leave out the Kansas city defense and bringing in Melvin Ingram has changed the way that they attack the pocket and pressure the quarterback, bringing him in and putting him opposite of Chris Jones they have just unleashed their abilities to put pressure through that offensive line. And really, if you look at what they've done defensively in the last couple of weeks, they have blitzed more, which has made their linebackers better, which has made their secondary better. And really, that's been the difference. I think Melvin Ingram may have changed the AFC. And how about this? Before the game against the Raiders, he could have found a 7-1 to one at one sports book. I think PointsBet had 650 on the Chiefs to win the AFC. I looked up this morning. 350, 375, four to one. So their odds have almost been cut in half. And I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. You don't want to put too much stock in one game, but I've watched their defense, Sarah, the last three games, and they have been very, very good at getting to the quarterback. 
That's a great call. And uh, realistically, potentially no Teron Smith, uh, maybe the most important player across the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. That might unlock a little bit of a, an advantage for the Kansas City defense. And let's be honest, anytime you can lay the points with the Chiefs under a field goal, it's tempting. So I do not disagree with your look here whatsoever. The next look that I know that you're eyeing is my favorite total on the board, and it's not close, honestly. I kind of feel like this was a miss in terms of the opening mark at 49. It's been bet up to 50 and a half. I still see value there. Uh, I'm just curious what your fair projection is as we go out to the desert with the Bengals coming off of bye taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. I love when we ballet together and just dance. It's, it's so fun. I did not I know that this so was- I just feel so left out of your guys' dance class, but continue, Sam. I did not know that this was your favorite total on the board. I knew that you liked it, but I, I thought the game should have been like 51 and a half, 52 on the open, to be honest. I don't know who stops anybody in this game. I mean, we know that the Raiders don't stop anybody. They couldn't even like stop a cold. Derek Carr is going to throw the ball regardless like all they're going to do is throw the ball down the field I think this opens up a situation where you need a pace setter right you just need somebody to cross the goal line in the first like six minutes of the game and then we're off and running the worst part about a total is when it's nothing nothing through you know the first 10 minutes and then it's like oh what have I done but you will have somebody <laughs> set the pace here no no problem with wind no problem with weather it's an indoor game it'll be beautiful conditions for these offenses to churn butter I don't know, man. Like, this game could be like 31 to 30 final. Like, whoever has the ball last might win this one. I think it's going to keep climbing. If you're looking at it and thinking about it right now, though, 51 is a pretty important number when it comes to totals, you know, 27, 24, for example. I would go over 50 and a half now. I, I agree with Drew. I don't think there's that much of a difference from 49 to 50 and a half. I think this game potentially plays in the 30s because two bad defenses and two offenses that love to take shots down the field. Love this look. Drew and I talked a little bit about it earlier in the week, convinced me a long time ago. 50 and a half, fair play for me. Our edge tools on NBCSportsEdge.com also showing some value. Looking towards the over. Sam, you know this about me. Most people know this about me. Your girl loves teasers. And there's a lot of good teaser options on the board. I like the Saints in a teaser option. I like the football team in a teaser option. You, my friend, like the Vikings getting seven in this teaser option. Take me through exactly your handicap of this game and what you're looking to get involved on the other side with Minnesota. Minnesota. Right. Well, this line has been a little bit on the move. I, I punched it in at eight and a half because it was, you know, two and a half on the open. I, I, I like Minnesota in the in the game, but I just want more because Aaron Rodgers scares me to death. You know, if they win by three, they win by six, they win by seven. It's interesting. And our points bet has Minnesota minus the hook. So I'm not protected by the seven. I don't love it as much. It's up to six and a half now. But really, you look at this Vikings team. They have five losses by a combined 18 points. They are in literally every single game. I don't want to lay points with Mike Zimmer. I don't want to lay three. I don't want to lay six, but I will take points. It's just, you see the sharp money in the market here, knocking it down from two and a half to a hook. That's really, really telling because everybody loves to bet on Green Bay. When you see that money move away from Green Bay, it's not little old ladies with blue hair betting $25, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So I respect the line move. I love the teaser more. To go through the three and the seven, you know, the Wong teaser, always play those principles, go through those key numbers. But I still think Minnesota has every chance to cover that six, six and a half, no doubt. Sammy, you've been in this business a long time. You know that the little old ladies with the blue hair make for wonderful beards. And <laughs> sometimes they are the ones moving, moving the number. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm I'm all on board with this. Great, great look. If you do shop around, you can find still one and a half out there. Get that out 
past the key number of seven. And uh, but you know, realistically, I like Minnesota to win outright against Green Bay in this contest. Uh, really, Zimmer's done a damn decent job of defending Aaron Rodgers over the years. If you throw out the one exception being the no crowd noise week one last year, of course, when um, you know they started what four rookie defensive backs in that game. So you know, realistically, this should be a a pretty solid performance from the Vikings defense. And then on the flip side, you know, the Packers are missing so many bodies on the on the defensive side of the football tough for me to see how they defend both Thielen and Jefferson in this contest so let's go Vikings. let's do it one more play I'll get your take on here we're going to college football Thor's coming on next so we got to get him ready and you're all over Iowa you've loved Iowa from the start and now they're laying 12 and a half versus Illinois I know it's a team that you've backed throughout this season what's your thought process here I'm looking at split action coming in on points bet here 56 percent of the handle is coming in on Iowa so still some money backing 12 and a half ton of points here. What do you think is going to play down in this, in this game over the weekend? Well, my first look is I was told I can't take Oregon because somebody else is taking Oregon. So that's why I'm on Iowa for the record. Iowa, how, how is Illinois Well, I used to score? talk about Oregon a little bit at the end of this. No, I just, I'll just quack a bunch of times until I get kicked <laughs> off the shelf. How is Illinois going to score? How, how are they going to score? I mean, really, like they score when they can move the football on the ground, when they can like move the offensive line through, get some big holes. Like they did it to Penn State. They did it to a couple other teams this year. They did it to Minnesota. When they can run the ball, they're okay. Nobody runs on Iowa. And I've said this for years. Iowa, Iowa City, namely, is where offense goes to die for the opposition. Like nobody scores in Iowa. I know this total's low. I know it's not fun laying double digits with Iowa. But I think this game, anything under 14 should be good. Like I wouldn't be surprised. This is 24-7, like 27-10. Like that's my final score. I'd love to play that final score game in my head. I don't think Illinois is going to get into the end zone all that much. And Iowa is going to have plenty of short fields. They're going to maybe get a turnover or two. Illinois stinks on offense. They're not going to pass the ball. We know they can't really do that. They can't stretch the field. If they're going to try and run the ball 30, 40 times against Iowa, good luck. Like that's playing into their hands. So it's just a defense play for me. And Illinois really has nothing to play for in this game. Like, yeah, they could make a bowl game, but they won't. This could get ugly early. I like the Hawkeyes lay the points. You think we got a correlated parlay potentially with this super low total? Yeah, you probably could. Like, I, I love when people, like, they'll text me and go, man, that 38, it's, that, that over's got to be a lock. And then you look up at half and it's 17 to nothing. And then you're sweating that, you know, it's like, don't expect to see a lot of points in this game generally. So I'd be careful on this over. I'm not a big parlay person, but yeah, that makes sense. If you like Iowa, you like the under. If you like Illinois, you probably like the over. Somebody who loves correlated parlays and gave out a winner last week for a correlated parlay is Thor Nystrom. We're going to bring him on because what's crazy here is you like Oregon and Thor's actually on Utah. So now I'd kind of like to hear both of your perspectives on this game. Sam, I'll start with you here. You were going to quack a bunch, but now you have to give us your reasoning to take Oregon in English. Well, this is this is so fitting. You know, this space is amazing sometimes, right, Thor? Because him and I had a helmet bet earlier this year, and he won the helmet bet, and I sent him a freaking Oregon helmet. You can't even make this stuff up. Well, the- hey, Sammy, <laughs> it's actually right here. <laughs> that is something that I had to buy and ship to him because we had a side bet on an Arkansas Ole Miss game, I think. So this is this yeah. space continues to blow my freaking mind. Thor um, did that to me as well. Yeah. <laughs> I got him last year. He got me this year. So we're gonna have to, you know, settle the tie. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Thor's gonna have season. six thousand helmets by the time this this uh, college football season's over. Um, Sammy, your thoughts here on Utah and Oregon. Yeah, I'll I'll go quickly. Mario getting points to me is just something I can't run away from. I've done this seven times in a row now when Oregon's a dog 
and they're five and two against the number. Now, you know, trends aren't the end all be all, as we all know, but this is a guy who has the best team in the conference talent wise. He has brought in loads and loads of talent, two top 10 classes in a row. Some people don't like him as an in-game coach. And I think that's a little overblown at times, but I think they have the best offensive line in the conference, the best defensive line in the, in the conference. And this offense at Oregon in the last decade, they haven't been better on third down. They move the chains. They possess the football. They get to third and three, third and four, and they convert. Anthony Brown is better in this offense than Marcus Mariota was on third down. And that's saying a lot. Like when you say that out loud, you're like, holy crap. Is that like, how is that possible? But they are very efficient. And I think anytime you get a chance with Oregon to catch points, you got to pull the trigger. I'll take the three. No problem. Okay. All right. For me, it's very simply that Utah has been the Pac-12 best team since Cameron Rising took over for Charlie Brewer. It's been a night and day difference. Uh, Just some stats for you, the difference between Cameron Rising and Charlie Brewer, because, again, night and day difference. Cameron Rising has thrown 11 more touchdowns than Charlie Brewer, but somehow has thrown less interceptions than Charlie Brewer. Cameron Rising has taken less sacks than than Charlie Brewer, but has thrown 154 more passes than Charlie Brewer. He's completing three more percent of his passes for 1.5 more yards per attempt. The stats are are just ridiculous. Like the, the, what he has given the offense, that it, it has just jumped up so much more w- with him there. The team is just completely different with with him there, and, and so it, it's just jumped up so much more. You're just seeing a totally different thing, and and, and so the, the difference between that team, what you you had in September, and what you have now. And then with with Oregon, it's not the same team that you had when they played Ohio State in September. And so I think you just have two different things. That That's my take with this game. I, I think it's two different teams. Definitely seeing split action here, just looking at the money and handle coming in close to 56% of the handle coming in on Utah, but a ton of money also with Oregon. You guys will have to text and figure out what now you're going to send each other and bet. then keep us updated next week. We can discuss on the show who got the helmet or whatever else you guys will ask for. <laughs> Sammy, you are the best. Good luck with all of your plays. We're so lucky to have had you on. Sam's on Twitter at SP Shoot. Tons of content on social media and Twitter, and you can find him on Nesson as well. We'll talk to you soon, Sam. You're the man, Sam. Thank you. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, Thor, let's continue breaking down 
college football week 12. We got that game out of the way. I will be curious to see who comes out on top and of course what the prize was, but let's move on to tonight. Houston yep. laying eight and a half versus Memphis. This is going to be a fascinating game. The adjusted door line shows a little bit of value grabbing Houston. I look there, your model shows Houston favored by 10.2. As I mentioned, they're laying eight and a half. What's your case for backing the favorite in this spot? So incredible stat here. Ryan Silverfield, the head coach of Memphis, is 0-8 on the road against the spread. Let's just give that a second to breathe. Um, it, absolutely incredible. Memphis, uh, this year on the road, they played Arkansas State, only beat them 55-50. to Then they played Temple on the road, lost outright 34-31. to Then they, they played Tulsa on the road. They lost 35-20, to died. Then they played UCF. They lost 24 to seven when they didn't have Dylan Gabriel. Just incredible stuff. This is just this year. Uh, last year, I could go into that. I'm not going to. My system uh, ranks Arkansas State 119th out of 130 teams, ranks Temple 124th out of 130, ranks Tulsa 80th, ranks UCF 64th. Okay. And then, by the way, in this game, Kelvin Austin, who is Memphis's best player by far, he is limited. If he's going to play, and and by the way, I don't think he's going to play the entire game if he's going to play. So th there's just all sorts of issues there on the Memphis side. Meanwhile, Houston, um, they lost their opener. They have won nine straight games since then by an average of 22 points per game. This line, for some reason, I don't know why, is only eight and a half points. I don't understand why Houston is going to win this game by double digits. Very, very good. I'm sold. I mean, uh, the uh, the off the top right, you had me with how poor this uh, Memphis team has done on the road against the spread. So the rest of that, I feel like, was uh, just a cherry on top. Yeah. The uh, Clemson uh, Tigers have not been great this year, but they're taking on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. And Wake Forest is in a very beleaguered state, missing a ton of key players. Some of the most explosive aspects of this offense that we've seen this season that has been impressive won't be on the field on Saturday. Does that give us an edge here to back the Tigers? I think it does. Yeah. Um, so uh, Clemson's two and eight against the spread this year. Somehow, some Ooh. way, I am four and zero oh against the spread picking Clemson uh, <laughs> this year. I, I I don't really know how. Um, and of course, Wake Forest is is nine and one uh, straight up. But yeah, I'm I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to dance with the devil again here uh, with, with with Clemson and, and and give it a shot. And the reason why is is exactly what you're alluding to, Will. Wake Forest is without their starting running back in this game. They were without both their starting cornerbacks in the last game. Those guys are, are questionable and maybe out again. They had multiple other defensive backs that were questionable uh, last week, That and, and we'll see about their, their status again this week. Also last week, uh, Jakari Robertson, their star uh, receiver, got knocked out very early. He had one uh, catch for 12 yards before he went out last week. We don't know what is <laughs> the joys of college football where they don't have to um, give, give us any updates about their injuries because they're, they're not obligated to. We don't know what his status is because Clawson doesn't have to tell us, um, but they're uh, one of Wake Forest. They're one of their best veteran beat reporters, Les Johns. He tweeted out last week that, um, you know, he was talking to some people in the Wake Forest uh, program and his supposition based on what he is hearing is that we are not going to see uh, Jakari Robertson down the stretch. So you take that for what it's worth. I don't, you know, I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express last night, but I don't know anything beyond <laughs> that. So, you know, we, we just have to sort of take that for what it's worth. Wake Forest got by uh, NC State, but their postgame win expectancy was was well below 50%. 
they were lucky to win that game. Wake Forest is on this magical run, but they were lucky to win last week. Let me tell you as a Kansas fan, and speaking of magical, uh, that Texas, the thing that happened last week against Texas, boy, was that fun. The Clemson Tigers are a really bad matchup for this Wake Forest team, and I'll tell you why. Because they have a really good defensive line, and and this so this Wake Forest team they do this really slow mesh thing, right? And and so it takes a long so, so they get the snap, they do this slow mesh thing, and and it takes a long time to develop a team that can get really quick penetration on the defensive line. They can blow it up before it even starts, and that's what Clemson can do. It's what Clemson's always been able to do. It's the one trump card that Venables has always had over Dave Clawson. And then when you flip it the other way, Clemson's offense, which has had so many problems this season, Wake Forest's defense stinks. Clemson's offensive line, it's not going to have the issues that it's had. I like Clemson to win this game by double digits. People see this and they followed exactly what you're looking at. And a lot of money in the handles coming in on the Clemson Tigers. Opened at three and a half. Now we're looking at four and a half. We'll see ultimately where this lands come tomorrow. But I'm all over Clemson with you. Hey, one more, Thor. I got to get your thought on because I love looking at ATL, the adjusted Thor line here, and Texas Tech plus 10 versus Oklahoma State. Why is this fascinating? Because your adjusted Thor line is showing Oklahoma State laying just five and a half with your model. Right now, a lot of money is coming in on Oklahoma State, so you're getting Texas Tech plus that juicy 10. Is that where you lean? It is where I lean. Yeah, I, I like the dog on this one. Um, a big thing with Texas Tech here is this wasn't a team that I was on earlier, I should say during the middle of the season. This is a weird team that has sort of been in phases, like sort of like a novel. You know, at the beginning of the season, it was Tyler Shuck, where they were more interesting. Tyler Shuck was was the Oregon transfer. And then Shuck, um, they had like the 3-0 start with Shuck, and then he gets injured. And then they go to Henry Columby, who had followed Matt Wells, the deposed Matt Wells. He, they, he had followed him over from Utah State. And he didn't do very good. They went two and four with him. And Columby was this limited guy who he he's not very explosive. He's not very efficient. He's he's not very mobile. He's no offense to Columby, but he's not he's not very anything. He's he's sort of he's, he, he's sort of the reason <laughs> that, that he's sort of the reason that Bad Wells doesn't have a job anymore. Um, oh. and, and, and so, Texas Tech's going to take us home. I think that's the message. The I'm, are sending us the message uh, apparently i'm getting a call for Bat wells right now he didn't he didn't like my description <laughs> of that and so so anyway they 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 figure out a reason to get call and be injured and then uh donovan smith here who is the son th this is really interesting he was the son of the texas tech running back coach he's this 6'5 235 pound monster who then his senior year of high school he goes to bishop gorman the, the las vegas powerhouse and texas tech gets him He's a redshirt freshman. They put him in two games ago. And ever since he's been in, Texas Tech has just shot off like a rocket ship. And they upset Iowa State last week. And this kid was awesome. I mean, he hit almost 80% of his pass. It just lights out. And he ran for 50 yards, too. He he, he also has a mobile uh, threat to him, too. And a really, really big kid. Because of him, the team has a puncher's chance in, in, in these games. And what's interesting about Tech in this matchup, especially getting double digits at home in Lubbock against Oklahoma State, is Oklahoma State doesn't beat teams by margin. Getting 10, 10 and a half here, here's a list of teams that have kept games within 11 points of Oklahoma State this year. Okay, you ready for this? Missouri State, Tulsa, <laughs> Boise State, Kansas okay. State, Baylor, and Texas, right? And, and then, of course, Iowa State. 
right? Like they've only played 10 games. So I, I just think like Texas Tech doesn't even have, it doesn't even need to get weird. Texas Tech doesn't even need to be particularly game to, to keep this game within, you know, double digits of Oklahoma State. It doesn't need to get weird. It doesn't, nothing particularly bizarre needs to happen for that, for that to happen. I, I really like Red Texas Tech Bears. in this game simply because Donovan Smith has, has entered the lineup. Okay. Yeah, and I'm just looking now. I think people are backing OK State also because they're four and one against the spread over their last five, a trend people are following. But now we're looking at double digits. I will totally take the points with the dog at home here. Give me Texas Tech real quick. Recap here. Texas Tech plus a 10. You're laying the three with Utah. I'm looking at Clemson laying the four and a half. I know you're all over that. And as far as tonight goes, you like Houston in a big game versus Memphis to take care of business and cover the spread. If you are not following Thor on Twitter, do so at Thorku, at Thor K. You, of course, go to NBCSportsEdge.com. He has his adjusted Thor line picks up right now. Well worth looking at to find the best edge and where his model shows there's a ton of value for week 12 in college football. Thor, have an awesome day. Good luck with all your plays. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend, guys. Thank you. A lot of plays. I got to write these down. I'm trying while he's talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but as we finish the show, getting ready for the weekend, a ton of games, whether you're going for tonight, tomorrow, or even Sunday in the NFL, let's hear it. Biggest edge on the board for you, Drew. Okay. Uh, it's Friday, which in the NBA means crazy things happen. <laughs> and what would be crazier than the sad, pathetic New Orleans Pelicans winning outright against the Los Angeles Clippers, who are the real deal? This is an advantage spot for the Pelicans in a lot of ways. In general, the market right now is very cool on the Pelicans after their very poor start, especially in terms of win-loss. However, Pelicans are a little bit rested in this spot. Clippers come in. Their most fatigued game of the entire season will be tonight. They are a team that is dealing with numerous injuries across meaningful parts of their roster. They have played meaningful minutes of to Amir Coffey, to Jay Scrubs. Jay, excuse me, Jay Scrub. Uh, I'm sure you knew that was an NBA player. Definitely not made up by NBA 2K. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, this uh, this LA Clippers team limping into uh, New Orleans, you know, who was two and fourteen. You at first glance, three and a half seems like an insanely low price when you have the nine and six Western Conference contending Clippers against the two and fourteen bottom of the uh, of the conference Pelicans, but. Pelicans are, are lively. Pelicans can compete. They have put together at least three good quarters a number of times this season. I think tonight they put together a full four-quarter effort uh, and get the win against a, uh, a meaningfully tired uh, Los Angeles Clippers team. So I took the plus three and a half with the Pels against the Clippers. Let's go, Pels. Dare I say, when I saw this line, Drew, this line, and I haven't used this term in a while, this line stinks. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with the three and a half. I was confused when I saw you taking it. You best believe we're going to hold our nose and hope for the best with the New Orleans Pelicans getting the three and a half. I'm tailing you on this and actually seeing some good action coming in on the Pels. More money at points bet coming in on this stinky underdog. I'm with you for the NBA slate. My play, edge of the day, talked about this on Blitzing the Board. I'm sticking with it. One of my best plays for the weekend. I'm grabbing the Colts plus seven and a half against the Bills. A lot of points. Um, If you just look fairly quickly, I know the Bills dropped 45, and that's getting a lot of attention on the New York Jets. The Colts also were able to put up 45 against the Jets. This is the same team that we saw put up only six points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
They are good, but I think their defense is getting a little overrated here. When they faced very good running backs, such as the Tennessee Titans, who are a well-balanced team, they ended up losing. I mentioned, and I will continue to mention, they have struggled against good running backs. Najee Harris, you name it. I talked about Carlos Hyde on our show yesterday. That's also been a huge effect. But the one thing that's going to really help them here is Jonathan Taylor is going to put up big numbers on the fantasy player prop and in the game. I love Jonathan Taylor to make sure that they keep this game close. Um, if you just look fairly quickly, this is fascinating. The Colts are 5-0 when Jonathan Taylor rushes for 100-plus yards. They might not get the outright win here, but he's going to be able to keep this defense on their toes and keep it close. Teams that have had a running back carrying the ball 16 or more times are 3-1 and one against Buffalo this season. Frank Reich, they're going to carry the ball against this Buffalo Bills team. Seven and a half, too many points. Give me the underdog against Bills Mafia. Chilly weather, could be bad weather. I will take the Colts to cover the seven and a half, Drew. I like your look. I have not understood the market movement away from the Colts all week. It has not made a lick of sense to me. Raw data would tell you that the Buffalo Bills defense is amazing, but when you adjust for their strength of the opponent, it's average. So yes, I love your love your general angle here that Jonathan Taylor carries the Colts. Not as we're talking about cover. this, it's moving to seven at points. Bet. So yes. as my good friend Drew Dinsick says, the jig is up. We take the Colts for <laughs> the points. Drew, bonus play. Bonus play, fairly quickly, Washington playing oh, Panthers. Yes. Panthers laying three and a half. It's an absolute no for me. I put Washington in a lot of teasers. Your take on the Washington football team playing Cam Newton, who is indeed back. Football team wins outright. This is like a kind of one of those secret quiet rivalries. The, uh, you know, the, the territory. South, you know, Virginia, North Carolina, that used to be Washington football team country. Uh, and the Carolina Panthers came in, steal that market share. No, no, no. Washington goes down to Charlotte, gets the win outright. Taylor Heineke playing very confident football right now. No Chase Young, no problem with the depth of this Washington defensive line. Uh, this is a uh, Washington wins outright spot. And the fact that you're getting three and a hook at this point is still mind blowing. I'm taking the three and a hook. And as I said, one of my favorite teaser legs on the board, I tease that for another bonus play with the New Orleans Saints. You can get them getting eight points right now. Their injuries do not scare me. I think they're able to keep that close as well. A lot of plays here on Friday on Bet the Edge powered by PointsBet. Thank you so much for joining us. He is Drew Densick at whale underscore copper on Twitter. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. Thanks for being with us all week long. Have an amazing weekend. Good luck with all of your plays. And we will see you right back here on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel at 11 a.m. Eastern on Monday. Take care. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 